With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. again welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the stoop it's a thursday night show i am so sorry we were not here monday it is my fault i'm a wuss my name is jonathan Raggis. i am your host alongside me is my co-host his name is jeff loves vagina beer perini what's going on jeff love me some vagina beer don't have any available tonight but uh good to be here good to be back good to be back in the little studio, no streets of Philadelphia, none of that craziness. Settled down and relaxed and happy to be here. Yes, and uh, just just so everybody knows, we don't drink vagina beer. Me and Jeff, we read a story on online the other day, and I sent it to him. And uh, supposedly they're going to use this model and brew beer from her vagina bacteria, which is absolutely disgusting and gross. And here at the Stoop, we don't permit that. We like other beers, not vagina beer. So uh, if, if, if that's something that interests you... Please go for it, but don't invite Jeff and I. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm good. I, I, you know, the drinking of uh, human secretion in my beer. I mean, my sweat, my backwash. That, that's all I need. I'm good there. <laughs> that's all you need. Just a little bit of old uh, Perini backwash, and we're good to go. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, yes, we were in here Monday night. I uh, was a little under the weather, so uh, we didn't do the show. Luckily for us, our guest Ed Roman. All you Ed heads, we apologize to you guys about it. Um, he was very nice enough to uh, reschedule for this upcoming Monday, uh, April 4th. He's going to be here with us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, excuse me. Um, so all you Ed heads, rejoice. Ed's going to be here. We're going to talk about his music career. We're going to talk about uh, his some, you know, some of his latest projects. This guy's got a big following, Jeff, so it's going to be real fun to sit down with Ed Roman next Monday, April 4th, and talk with him. Um Last week was our last show that we did here on Thursday. We were joined by one half of one of the greatest tag teams ever, the Harlem Heat. His name was Stevie Ray. And, uh, we, Jeff, you weren't there for that because we were ending the show. Stevie called in a little late because he, uh, he was busy. So huge shout-out and a thank you to Stevie Ray for calling in. But we had a great, great conversation talking about um, you know WCW days and uh, talking about him inducting Booker T, his brother, into the Hall of Fame. Just a lot of stuff. Uh, it, was, it was a great thing. So if you want, you can go back to blogtalkradio.com slash stoopradio, and you can listen to that, or you can go to our YouTube channel and just listen to that snippet of the interview. Um, we'll put up the YouTube video later on the Stoops Facebook webpage and as well as our Twitter. Um, Jeff, did you, get a listen, did you get a chance to listen to the interview, and what did you think of Stevie Ray? Sure did. Uh, great interview. Stevie Ray's a great guy. I uh, loved Harlem Heat. They were one of my uh, all-time tag teams in our top five list, and a great guy, man. It was just great to have him here. Sorry I missed him, but uh, glad he joined us here. It's excellent. Yeah, it was great. We'll definitely try to get Stevie Ray back with us. He just launched a very new radio show uh, just the other night down in uh, Texas, and uh, 
Yeah, he, he had a great lineup, man. Right off the bat, Diamond Dallas Page and his brother Booker T uh, joined him. Uh, it's uh, KCOH twelve thirty a.m. Uh, down in Texas um, every Wednesday. So check it out. Uh, we'll also post that on our Facebook page as well eventually. But man, what a, what, what a damn good lineup right away. Diamond Dallas Page, Booker T on one of your first ever radio programs, man. That that that's great, man. I mean, we could only dream of having two legendary w, uh, WCW wrestlers like that, uh, along with Steve Ray, of course, on our program. So it's it's been good, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, our luck goes out to Stevie Ray for an, an, just an amazing radio program. So, man, we got to listen to it soon, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything to help anybody that comes on here and uh, promote uh, musicians, wrestlers, stars, whatever you get, we, we love it. Absolutely. But joining us tonight our resident NBA vet, our resident NBA champion, and our good friend Chucky Brown is joining us, I believe, for a record fifth time here on The Stoop. Of course, he was on with us on Fan Junkies Radio. He was on with us 24-7 Sports Hub, where he actually blogged for the website as well. And he's going to come back tonight because we have a lot of things to talk about in the NBA, Jeff, between the playoffs, trouble in Lakers land, Yao Ming going into the NBA Hall of Fame, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Warriors chasing 73 wins in the Bulls record, uh, Vladi Divac in Sacramento. There's just a lot of things to talk about on top of the NBA playoffs. So Chucky's going to be joining us at around the 8.30 mark tonight to start talking about that with us. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to introduce our top five list of the day. And tonight, since we're in a little bit of a basketball theme, we're going to go with our top five all-time favorite basketball players. And this is just not your typical top five. This is Jeff's top all-time favorites. This is my top all-time favorites. So there might be some questionable names on here. Who knows? Jeff, start it off, my brother. All right, I'm going to fire off my top five. Uh, some good names, and uh, you kind of get a uh, feel for the error that I uh, grew up really liking basketball. Number five was the mailman, Carl Malone. Uh, guy with the essential power forward, great size and strength. A great scorer, a rebounder. He did it all, and a great jazz team all those years, and uh, always loved the mailman. That was like a prototypical power forward. Number four, a guy I had to grow up hating because he was so good. I got to admire the skills of the one and only Larry Bird. Uh, could shoot from anywhere, could pass from anywhere, got his rebounds, just played it. Heart and soul, great teammate and a great champion, and Larry Bird gets on my list. Uh, number three, growing up in Philadelphia, PA, it's got to be the doc. It's Julius Irving. I used to love to watch uh, him soar. He would dunk from anywhere and the great windmill jam. And uh, just a great guy. I used to love Irving. The first thing I remember about watching basketball as a kid was watching Julius Irving in the big afro. And I miss those days, man. I miss those days of uh, prominent Sixers basketball. Number two, you can't have a list without Michael Jordan. I know it sounds kind of a homer pick, but Jordan's just dynamic. This guy had uh, just so much talent. Still, in my opinion, the greatest to probably ever put on the sneaks. Uh, you, know, you can keep your LeBrons, and everybody's talking about Steph Curry now, but it, it, you know, it's Jordan uh, long and short. And number one for me, a guy that I love and a guy that I feel was just an awesome basketball player, always Manu been Ball. a fan of the big guy. Oh, yeah. All right, tie for first. <laughs> uh, guy I, always loved, I, I always loved the big men, my favorite big man of all time, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, man, the dream Very of dynamite. Nice. You know, big rebound guy, scoring guy. There wasn't much that he couldn't do on the court. Guy that would get quadruple doubles, which is like I've heard of. Just a fantastic player. Always seemed like a nice, classy guy. He's a great ball player. Uh, the dream. Akeem Olajuwon, my number one. 
Very, very nice, man. Going Hakeem number one. That's I, I did not expect that. I did not expect that. I thought you were going to go with somebody Philly. I really, honest to God, thought you were. Very shocked at your Hakeem pick, but I love it. Absolutely love it. A little it. curveball, man. I always love Hakeem. A little curveball. Well, I got some curveballs for you here. And there's no. going to be some questionable picks here. And um, going to make our – this is going to be an historic night here because not only do I have a tie for fifth, I have a tie for third as well. Wow. Yes, I just could not narrow it down. Listen, I've, I've, I've lived, I've breathed, I've played, I've dreamt of basketball my whole life. Um, this is just the game I love next to hockey. Uh, basketball has been in my blood, still is, so this was a tough one. So number five, I got a tie with Charles Oakley, the Oak man himself. Um, just fell in love with his play with my New York Knicks uh, in the early 90s, uh, you know, like you said, Carmelo was the prototypical power forward. To me, Charles Oakley was the prototypical rebounding power forward. The toughness, yeah. the tenacity, the defense, the rebounding. It's just a guy that I always loved. And when he was off the court, you could see the kind of, you know, basically the kind of role he had with the team. And when he was off the floor, it hurt the Knicks. It really did hurt the Knicks. So uh, I got to go with Charles Oakley, number five. Also tied with Charles Oakley, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, not a big lover of Shaquille O'Neal when he first came into the league, but now that I look at, back at it, he changed the center position drastically all by himself where some of the greatest NBA centers had such a tough time playing this guy. Uh, just tough, powerful. His offense wasn't great, of course, but his, uh, you know, but the rebounding, you know, the posting up, it was just something that I, I, I just fell in love with, uh, you know, as years started trickling down with Shaquille O'Neal. And to me, the last real NBA center that the NBA had. Um, so, yeah, he's gone uh, there, so he's not playing anymore. So that's two retirees for me. Number four, he's still playing, but I got to go with him. To me, the prototypical power forward, Timmy Duncan of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, to me, better than LeBron. Um, he's he's going to be up there, man, when they do, you know, the next NBA's great 50, guarantee Tim Duncan's going to be possibly top three, if not top five. Uh, tie for number three, Larry Bird, Dominique Wilkins. Growing up on basketball, Bird, Jordan, Wilkins, Drexler, some of the biggest names in the NBA. I just loved watching both guys. Larry Bird could shoot it from anywhere, and Dominique Wilkins was just so full of energy, man. He was just, uh, to me, a beast. Loved watching his uh, battles with Jordan, but I've always just had a thing for Dominic Wilkins. Just always really just oh, always had to watch him play. Number two, the late great Drazen Petrovic. Not only is he from Croatia, where my family's from and where my bloodline's from, just fell in love with him with the Portland Trailblazers. Went over to the New Jersey Nets, where he just had he was just a strong, strong player. One of the guys that Michael Jordan said he had problems defending could have been one of the greatest that NBA has ever seen. Unfortunately, he passed away at such a young age in a car accident. Also, rumors in that offseason that he was looking to sign with the New York Knicks. So, what could have been for the New York Knicks in 1994 against those Houston Rockets? Drazen Petrovic most likely could have been the piece that helped them win the NBA championship. And number one, my all-time favorite, I got to try out for him as he was the head coach for the Westchester Wildfire in the United States Basketball League, my all-time favorite, John Starks. When you talk about energy, tenacity, defense, pretty much the underdog at all times in his career, it was always John Starks. And that was my all-time favorite player 
the number three hung up in my house. I wore the jerseys. His trading cards were everywhere. His starting lineup was on my drawer, on my dresser drawer. Everything in my room is John Starks. I had the dunk poster of him going over Jordan and Horace Grant, man, in 95. Just John Starks, man. That was always my number one, man. So that's that's where I'm going. Number one, John Starks. I remember the famous uh, Marv Albert Cole, one-handed facial John Starks. Great stuff, man. Great. Wow, John Starks. Incredible. Absolutely, man. Yeah, John Starks was always my favorite and still is to this day. Very close between him and Drazen Petrovic. Always loved Petrovic, but John Starks is going to be my number one. So let's uh, do a quick recap. Our top five all-time favorite basketball players for Jeff Perini here. Number five, Carl Malone. Number four, Larry Bird. Number three, Dr. J, Julius Irving. Number two, Michael Jordan. And number one, Jeff's all-time favorite basketball player, Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Absolutely phenomenal player. For me, tied the fifth spot between Charles Oakley and Shaquille O'Neal. Number four, Tim Duncan. Tied for the third spot, Dominique Wilkins and Larry Bird. Number two, Dryzen Petrovic. And number one, yes, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it later, John Starks. But all my <laughs> friends and all my family knows I'm a Starks head, man. I'm a Starks junkie. It's always been that way. Missed it's your list, man. Hey, sure. Yeah. And I got to try out for him, man. So that was always, uh, you know, that was a nice honor, man. I still have my tryout letter with the Westchester Wildfire and everything, man. Still still good, good times. And that was on two bad knees at that time. I wasn't going to go, but I said, you know what? Might as well go, try out, and just go home. Why not? So, and that's what I did. Good, good stuff, man. I love these top five lists, man. So do I. Absolutely. I mean, it's always a... You get to the list, and we we talk about the list is going to be in a moment. Like, yeah, that's easy. And then I get to um, like number fifty, <laughs> and I'm like, man, who am I picking out of these fifty people? It goes nuts. But uh, that's that's the fun of it. It really is. I love it. Absolutely. It's 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 hard. It's hard, man. It really is hard. Um, you know, but we always dwindle it down. Sometimes we have some ties, but you know, it's what happens, man. That's what happens. Um. Let's get into some uh, points of discussion here tonight before our guest Chucky Brown joins us. Um, once again, I, I always hate to kick it off with sad news, but we had some celebrity deaths as uh, over the last few days since we've last been on the air, and it's just it, it just yeah, you know, 2016 just does not stop. So we want to send our condolences and prayers out to the family and friends of the late great Patty Duke. Uh, met her at Chilla, well, didn't meet her, but saw her at Chilla Theater a couple of years ago. She was just so sweet to everybody that came to meet her, man. Just an absolute uh, sweetheart she seemed to be, and uh, really just, uh, you know, just just bothers me that somebody like that is gone. She was just a real sweetheart. Um, James Noble from Benson, he played the governor. Um, he passed away um, after a stroke, unfortunately. Um, so he's gone. Um, he lived, you know. Long time, good life, so, uh, you know, once again, our prayers and condolences to them. Fife Dog, Tribe Called Quest, passed away last week. Um, if you're an old-school hip-hop fan, you know who uh, Fife Dog is. I'm a big Tribe Called Quest fan, so uh, it was it was, it was was a shock to learn that he died at such a young age. I believe he was only 45. Um, you know, yeah, he was sick with diabetes for many, many years. Uh, it, it's just crazy. So, once again, you know, we had some more um, unfortunate passings today as well. Um, some people from the British scene, some famous architect. Uh, it, it's it's just it's just man, 2016's not stopping, Jeff. I don't get it, man. Seems uh, every day you scroll through the social media and you got four, five, six people right off the bat uh, with passing and uh, some good people, and uh, it's tough. They like said it's that 
thing when you get older is more people around have been around as long as you have, and they start to pass, and it's sad, really. We uh, and we take we like to take a time out for those people though, and, and honor them for their great work. Yeah, it's it's absolutely honor for you know Patty Duke. Not only does she do a lot of humanitarian work, um, so you know so many different movies and TV shows. You know, uh, Sean Astin, her son. Uh, everybody knows Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, Mikey from the Goonies, Toy Soldiers. Uh, you name it, Sean Astin's been around for a long time. He put out a really, really nice tribute to his mother. Um, you know, so, yeah, unfortunately, Patty Duke is uh, gone at 62 years old. So, um, our hearts, prayers, condolences out to everybody that we listed. Also, uh, Brandon Lee, man, 23 years since he passed away. When I read that, I said, what? 23 years, man. Can you believe that? 23 years. Surprising. I um, I loved uh, The Crow so much. And uh, every once in a while, I get around to watching it again. It just seems weird that uh, he's gone. It seemed like he had a great future ahead of him. And, uh, Absolutely. Famous and, uh, it's tough, man, the luck of that family. We talk about death and uh, what they mm-hmm. go through. It's a lot of tragedy. It's terrible. But uh, he could have been great. You know, sometimes they take... Some of the best, way too young, and uh, it makes you think. makes you enjoy life yeah. just a little bit more. Absolutely. You know what, man? Especially in the way he passed, man. That was, you know, so yeah. many question marks around that still. And, you know, a lot of people just know Brandon Lee from The Crow, you know, but I know him from, you know, Showdown in Little Tokyo with Dolph Lundgren, uh, Rapid Fire. Um, you know, there was a lot of movies before The Crow where, you know, he was starting to really come out and be a really good actor, and The Crow seemed to really just, launching because it was such a different role for Brandon Lee, um, you know, than the other movies that I mentioned. So, uh, you know, that it, that could have been something that launched him to possibly be in eventually even a bigger actor than his father. Uh, uh, you know, and I was, I hate to say it because I, I loved Bruce Lee, I loved all his movies, but was he a good actor? Yeah, he was a good actor, but Brandon Lee had it to be an even better actor. He had... You know, he had the look. He had the personality. He was a little bit more outgoing on the screen. So, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, all of that was just ripped away from it at, at a young age. And, you know, well, you know, rest in peace, Brandon Lee, man. You know, 23 years later, never, you know, we still think about him. So it's uh, it's a shame. So um, let's talk a little bit about Superman versus Batman, the movie that looks absolutely yeah. terrible to me. You went and saw it, <laughs> Jeff. So why don't you let people know what you thought about it? Okay, uh, I'm not going to give away too much. Um, a lot of critics have bad things to say. I'm going to tell you that uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, put all the Ben Affleck thing aside and, uh, and you know, don't overanalyze the comic book background. And uh, I think you're in for a good movie. If you go in looking for the Christian Bale Batman, you're not going to get it. If you go in expecting everything to be comic book A to Z, you're not going to get it. You're going to get a good action movie. Um Everybody in it was pretty good. Wonder Woman was outstanding, and everybody's still talking about her. And uh, the anticipation of her solo movie is going to be great, but she was excellent in it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg had a great Lex Luthor, um, very weird and, and puzzling kind of behavior, kind of deranged, but he played it off really well. It seemed like a young kid, but still held the, the Lex thing together. And I tell you, in the end, the way they planned everything out, the way they played out, I thought it was a really good movie, and I would definitely, um, I'm looking forward to more stuff in the future. Yeah, I will actually probably watch it for free on TV. I, I wouldn't pay, it, it just, I'm a big comic book guy. We've had that discussion so many times. Um, the things DC does, I, I haven't really liked. 
I think they could do a, a lot better with everything that they do. Um, so far, I've, I've really enjoyed the Marvel movies. I've seen most of them now. Um, of course, lots of holes. If you're going based off the comic books, it's going to be like that with any movie, any TV show, whether it's Marvel, DC, Valiant, Impact, uh, Next Gen, whatever. It's always going to have holes in it. So, like you said, you can't really go and think, oh, it's going to be based on a comic book because it's really nice. It's based on the characters from the comic books, not based on the actual stories, and sometimes not even based on the actual traits of the characters. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't look good to me. I, I, and I said the same thing about the Suicide Squad. After seeing some of the teaser trailers, I said, this doesn't look good. And then the news comes out today. They're actually reshooting a lot of the scenes for the Suicide Squad to add in more uh, comedy to it. So uh, it, it just seems whatever DC does or Warner Brothers, whoever is doing all the movies, just, they, they just don't know what they have and they don't know what to do. There's a, there's a plethora of great DC characters, but they always seem to go after the same ones all the time. I was kind of hoping with Suicide Squad would be a little different, but considering they're already reshooting scenes for it, yeah, man, interest in that movie is already dwindling. So, But, you know, like you said, teach your own, right? So. Yeah, the Suicide Squad preview looked pretty good, I thought. The, uh, yeah. It showed some good scenes because it's got good action. And like I said, this Batman-Superman thing was strong. Um, again, going with an open mind and say, hey, I'm going to see a movie about two characters I know something about. Um, like even Doomsday came out. That was cool. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. You know, you, know, you know what I see with DC when I see, like, the Suicide Squad or I even see, um, you know, like their TV shows? I feel like... They're trying so hard to compare themselves with Marvel and to beat Marvel that they're just not doing their own thing. Like, if you look at Marvel, you got Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Scarlett Johansson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you look at the Marvel movies, they're trying to, like, go after names as big as those, but they're really not as big. It's like that lower tier right underneath them. That's how I feel. It's like they're trying to grab certain names in real quick just to get them off the scrap heap, but... Man, you know, you know, you, you just look at the, you know, the difference between the actors and the actresses as well as the way the movies are shot. Two totally different birds, which is fine. But DC, Warner Brothers, they need to run with that and stop thinking about what Marvel's doing. That's how I feel. So, but we'll find out. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think um, for my money and from what I've seen of superhero movies, um, I still feel like Christian Bale's Batman, all three of them, really set a, a standard that not too many movies are going to reach. It was just, it's a movie that critics can enjoy and there was deep storylines and that dark side of it. I, I really liked that more than any. Uh, so for me, that's like the bar and it's going to be tough for any movie to, to emulate that. And like I said, I had people around me in the theaters and oh, Christian Bale's so much better. It's not his movie. It's a different movie altogether. Hey, listen, I'm a Val Kilmer Batman fan. So, that's how I feel. <laughs> Ouch. All right, man. That hurt. Yep. It is. All right, let's talk a little bit about WrestleMania, man. We like to talk wrestling here. WrestleMania is coming up upon us. Um, real quick, Jeff, the card. I'm going to throw this out to you, and I want to hear the level of excitement in your voice after this. Okay. First up, the 20-man Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Probably the main event, or second to main event. Triple H versus Roman Reigns for the WWE World Heavyweight title. Shane McMahon versus Undertaker in a hell in a cell where if Shane wins, he gets control of Raw and Undertaker can never work another WrestleMania. Hope that happens. Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar in a no-hold-barred street fight. 
Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the WWE Divas title. New Day versus League of Nations in a three-on-four match, which is not for the WWE Tag Team titles. AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho, which I think will steal the show. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus Zack Ryder versus Sin Cara versus Miz versus Stardust in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Do any of these matches excite you, Jeff? Uh, you took the words out of my mouth because when you announced the one, I was sold on AJ Styles versus Jericho, which is going to be probably the most intriguing of them all. Yeah. Uh, Shane McMahon, McMahon back in the ring is painful. I mean, he's got energy and he's probably the most gifted McMahon and being on on screen and, and on the mic and all. But Years ago. Years ago. Uh, yeah, but and put him against The Undertaker, the legend of WrestleMania. It, the whole card, nothing... Nothing jumps off the off the page. Uh, I, I like the Ambrose Lesnar match. I think that could be really good if they do. If they don't do run-ins, they don't do interferences or disqualifications. Just let them fight. I think that has something. It, it could be good. I think AJ Styles, Chris Jericho, like I said earlier, and like you just said now, can steal the show. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the WWE Divas title match because the rumors are floating around that they're getting rid of the Divas division and they're bringing back the women's division, and they're getting rid of the belt, bringing in something that looks like the WWE World Heavyweight title, but in a women's style, and they're going to go with that. So I'm hoping since they have a plethora of girls, they start booking them right, and I'm hoping that this is going to be the match where it happens, man. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we had a uh, few years back, there were some women that had the looks and some ring skill. I know uh, a couple weeks ago we mentioned Jacqueline, uh, Tori Wilson, uh, Trish Stratus, you know, girls like that that can that had some look, had some toughness, and can work it in the ring. And that's what we're hoping to see again. Not just yeah. and we have, you know, and we're starting to get there now because you know, like you said, you know, Tori Wilson was was decent. Jacqueline, you know, she was an absolutely phenomenal wrestler. But you look at the Trish Stratuses and the Leaders, they were absolutely real good. But back then, it was just pretty much between the two of them. Now you have Charlotte Flair, very good wrestler. Becky Lynch, who I love, very good wrestler. Sasha Banks. Very good wrestler, and then you look at like girls like Bailey and Oxuna and everybody from NXT. These girls can wrestle, man. I mean, they can really wrestle. So I'm hoping it's about time they start building that women's division instead of just calling them divas. Let it be known they're women. They wrestle. Just keep it that way, and I think it's going to work out good. But I don't know, man. This WrestleMania card, like the last two, doesn't look good, dude. Not feeling it. I haven't. Uh, I haven't sat down and invested in one and. In- Quite a few years. It's always that little bit of a letdown at the end. And... Yeah. Oh. Usually is, man. I mean, I watch it because it's on WWE Network now and for nine ninety nine a month. I watch it for a lot of the old stuff, so why not take a gander at a pay-per-view every now and then? I'm already laying in bed, so if it puts me to sleep, it does. You know, <laughs> I'm not losing anything <laughs> over it. But, you know, AJ Styles, Chris Jericho, um, the ladder match, uh, the girls match, Ambrose Lesnar, those could all be good. McMahon, Undertaker, something's most likely going to happen. Triple H, Roman Reigns, something's going to happen. It's not going to be clean wins. You know that. I know that. The wrestling world knows that. So we'll see what happens there. I think we need more clean wins. I think we need more one-on-one talent and come to a decision instead of a guy running down the ring and uh, interference and fake refs well, and you, you know, just a couple of years ago, probably a couple of years now, I can't remember when when it was or when it happened, but when Lesnar and Roman Reigns was fighting, it was a great fight. Roman Reigns was taking suplex after suplex, man. He was selling everything, 
And then what happens? Seth Rollins runs in with the Money in the Bank case. He cashes it. He, you know, wins the championship over a guy that's half dead. You know, it's stuff like that that ruins the ends of pay-per-views. And it's like Seth Rollins is, is a phenomenal wrestler. Book it differently. Let him win it on Raw in a real one-on-one match. Why does it always have to be these run-ins and these stupid gimmicks? It's like they're so stuck in that attitude era still, which I kind of wish they were still stuck in the attitude era from one you know point, but not with the way they end matches now. It's 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 stupid and it really just pisses a lot of people off. So I will I I will fill you in on that. We'll talk about that right here uh, the Monday right after uh, WrestleMania, which is uh, this Sunday actually. So. All right, uh, real quick, and then we're going to be joined by Chucky Brown. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA. The uh, United States women's national soccer team is fighting for higher pay. The men's team gets paid more than them, and, um, you know, the goalie came out and said, you know, women deserve more, but then Starland and Donovan came out and said women shouldn't get the same pay as men, saying, basically saying that they don't bring in as much revenue as the men's team does, so they don't deserve higher pay. What do you think of that? Proving it when it comes down to sports, it is all about revenue uh, generated, and you can't pay athletes off something that's not there. So um, if the men's team brings in a million, and a women's team brings in a hundred thousand, there's just not enough money there to pay them the same. Um, it, it's the it's it goes back for ages. I don't want to sit here and sound like a sexist. I think women deserve any job that men do, and we've talked about this before here. But when, like I said, when it comes to sports, man, it's all about the money that's being brought in. If the money is not there and the attraction is not there, you can't pay them something you don't have. No, no. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I, I, I watched a lot of the last women's soccer team games. The advertisers I felt were there. Um, it, it really depends on where is the rest of that money going to? Whose pockets is it going to other than the actual women? Now, what are the guys getting paid? Are they getting paid $10,000 a game where the girls are only getting paid $2,000 a game? Or are we talking in the five to six figures? You know, so it really depends on what kind of difference it is, too. So I, I think the girls' teams in the Olympics, in the national soccer games, in the girls' World Cup, the men's World Cup, it brings in the advertising on both in maybe a little bit of a different way, but it still brings in the advertising. I feel the women should be up on par with the men. That's how I feel, and that's how I feel with the WNBA. WNBA has advertisers. They put butts in the seats. Have you watched the game? The seats are always pretty full. There's really not many empty seats at a WNBA game, and it's getting better and better, the action. You know, why aren't these girls making the same as the NBA? Yeah, the NBA makes billions. The WNBA makes in the high, real high millions. They're still making a lot of money, so why aren't they getting paid almost at the same level? It doesn't have to be exact. Like, you don't have to look at LeBron and say, oh, he gets paid $25 million a year. Why isn't Sue Bird getting paid that? Why isn't, Di- you know, Diana Taurasi getting paid that? Why isn't Shemika Holzkog getting paid that? Candace Parker, why aren't they getting paid that money? And why are they only getting paid maybe 900000 compared to LeBron's $25 million if they're the face of their league? And LeBron's the face of his. Why can't they get, who knows, five million, you know, and be up on par with that? But, you know, to each his own. This is always going to be a debate, Jeff. It's never going to end. So, no, no, not at all. It's never going to end. I keep all right. This in talk. It's not chat about. Yeah, 
it's it's always uh, listen. This is not going to be the last time we hear about this with the whole soccer thing. Um, who knows where this is going to go? Who knows how it's going to go? But you know, if the guys soccer players are coming out from the U.S. team saying, "Yeah, you know what? These girls deserve it. Give it to them." You have to wonder if uh, the soccer committee just ends up giving it to them because now the men's team is you know fighting for them. So tough, tough cookies, man. All right, dude, a little bit of music news. ACDC, right. man. What's going on with ACDC, man? They can Brian Johnson because he's supposedly going deaf. And then we hear the rumors that Axel freaking Rose might be the new vocalist for ACDC. And what was the rumor you just said, Jeff, that you just read? I just read one that uh, – this one's chilling. Sebastian Bach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, wow, Sebastian Bach. I I don't get it, man. I don't get it. These guys' voices are not suited for ACDC music. I mean, that's just how I feel. It, it's very hard to have anybody reach those levels. I mean, the, the go from Bon Scott to Brian Johnson is an amazing score. I mean, that, that's fantastic. But I think Axel can hang with them. I don't know how good it would be, but Sebastian Bach is that's so far off. That's not even close. Like, they're better no. off with, with me and my terrible singing voice. Hey, I I, I like your singing voice, man. <laughs> well, thank you. Go on, man. Build that a little it... back in black for us right now, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We're talking about karaoke here, and you're not going to do it? <laughs> that's a tough song, man. It's tough. Doing the uh, that's a tough voice, man. I, I can never try that. Yeah. Well, there's a meme, meme. I don't know how you say it. I think it's meme going around of Axl Rose, and on the top it says "Back in Black," and underneath it it says "I need a snack." I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I Ab- saw that. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely fitting for him, man. Yeah, when it comes to karaoke, I'm not going to try "Back in Black" or "Welcome to the Jungle" or. Anything like that. My voice doesn't have that kind of range. It does. It does. Maybe it maybe does. after maybe after ten, fifteen beers it's got a little more range. But uh I'm only on one, so <laughs> and no vagina beer, so maybe the hey, maybe vagina beer will make the throat that much deeper. Oh, that's gross, man. <laughs> I, I, I I don't wanna know. I don't wanna find out. So uh you do that, and you let me know how it goes because it's not happening from my side. I, I made it worse because I just—I made it worse by saying "deep throat" in the same sentence I'm talking about vagina beer. So <laughs> I've blown the doors wide open on this thing. Vagina beer. All right, let's talk a little football real quick, man. There's a report going around that your Philadelphia Eagles have a very real interest in drafting a quarterback in the first round with the pick they have, Jeff. Is there any quarterback good enough that could get taken that early in the first round? Been hearing a lot of good things about Carson Wentz, and uh, from what I've seen, um, he's got good stuff. Um, it's either it's going down between him and, and Jared Goff, and uh, those look like good quarterbacks. I don't know if either of them are a legendary quarterback. I, I think for the money, the Eagles have bigger needs. They got needs at running back. They got needs at offensive line that should be met first. If you get lucky and a guy like uh, Parker Lynch falls in round two, you take a stab at a guy like that if you come up with a second-round pick, which they currently don't have. But uh, 
I can't see taking a top 10 pick with all the needs you have and getting a quarterback that may or may not pan out that may sit a year or two on your bench. So it's tricky. It's going to be, it's a very tricky draft this year. They did good getting the number eight, but what they do with that eight pick is uh, got a lot of people in Philly very nervous. Oh man, you still got Bradford. Uh, you do, uh, with a different system, different coach. I think it makes Bradford a, a little better. Um, team also needs wide receivers. You're not big at the wide receiver department. Uh, you picked up Ruben Randall. And that guy doesn't have a lot of range anymore with the bad knees. He's got good hands, but you're back to the same receiving core you had last year, and, and that scares me as well. That's, it, there's so many moves that have to be made right now. I think quarterback is uh, not really the last of your worries, but certainly something you don't want to do with the ace pick. Yeah. All right. Um, couple of signings, and Terrence Knighton leaving the Washington Redskins and uh, going over to the New England Patriots. And Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, man, signs with the Redskins. What kind of a target is that for Kirk Cousins going into the season? Does that make the Redskins a little bit more favored in their conference? Depends on what he has. Um, always thought he was a great athlete, but uh, started losing it a little bit near the end of his run at San Francisco. Didn't do much in Denver, but I got a fresh start here, and he'll have a all-season workout in Washington. Washington's a, a good, sneaky little team. Uh, I think it takes a different direction now with Cousins truly uh, at the helm and not worrying about the RG3 thing. So, yeah, it's a team that could do something. Yeah. Well, RG3 goes to the Cleveland Browns and uh, Washington Redskins, man. They looked good last year with Kirk Cousins. Um, not really many targets, but signing Vernon Davis uh, gives him a nice big target. You know, now they need to go after uh, some other targets, man, because they can't just all be on Vernon Davis, man. Absolutely. They got a, they got a decent receiving core, um, a lot better than ours. I'm telling you one thing, I, I just keep reiterating that Philly's wide receivers, that, that that's painful. That, that's tough. It's going to be tough going into the year with that, that spot. No, your Philly Eagles, man, and my New York Jets are a mess, man. Jets still don't have a quarterback, man. Still, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just sitting there. He's homeless, and the Jets have no quarterback, man. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know what's going on anymore. I really, really don't. Break down and pay the guy. They have to do it. They saw last year what it was worth having him there. Absolutely, man. All right, real soon we should be joined with Chucky Brown. He's running a little late. I know he had something to do tonight, which is why we pushed the show up to start. So, uh, you know what? You feel like listening to some music? I love music. All right, as long as I don't have to this, sing it. This is a song I absolutely love off of Ignite Chapter 1, Adrenaline's last album. Um, our good friend, the lead singer, lead guitarist for Adrenaline, Dan Gutschmidt, is going through a little bit of a rough time. Uh, lost his mother not that long ago and recently just lost his grandfather. Um, so we just want to play this song in tribute to our good friend and to his wonderful family. And uh, just let you know, Dan, we're thinking about you. We love you here at the Stoop, man. And uh, just keep it real, brother. And we'll talk to you real soon. So this is Prize for the Wicked by Adrenaline. And we'll be right back.
There you go. Price for the Wicked by our good friends, the rock band Adrenaline. Absolutely favorite. One of one of my favorite songs from the album. Um, still just an amazing album. Go AdrenalineMusic.com. Pick it up. Show your support for the band. They're absolutely phenomenal. Um, just got word. Thanks to uh, Michael Stowe from MTS Management Group. Just sort up on his Facebook. Our very good friend and past guest, Madeline Victoria, has six nominations for the WOBA Awards from the Chris Top program. Six nominations, man, for Madeline. Can you believe that, man? How awesome is that? That is awesome. She's fantastic. Really deserves it. Um, class act. As I, I said, a lot of the uh, Michael Stover guests we get on here are classy people, and you, you really root for them. And uh, I wish her luck. I hope she uh, brings home some awards. She deserves it. Absolutely. And uh, Monday night, Ed Roman is going to be joining us, uh, award-winning uh, singer-songwriter. And he's also... Michael Stover guy as well. Um, really cool guy. Really looking forward to having him on with us here. Uh, Monday night, April 4th, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This show will start. So back to our originally programmed time. Uh, we're still waiting on Chucky. Hopefully he'll call in real soon. If not, we'll reschedule it and get that to another time. But let's talk a little bit about baseball. Baseball season is finally upon us. Something I want to ask you, Jeff. Uh, Dominic Brown, former Philadelphia Philly outfielder, didn't make the Toronto Blue Jays opening roster. Who knows if he's staying with the team. Shane Victorino, released by the Cubs. Do you see any of these two returning to the Phillies uh, since they're pretty much going to be awful for the season? It wouldn't be bad on a cheap tip to get uh, Shane Victorino. If you can get him in here cheap, uh, yeah, bring him in. Have him teach uh, this uh, Younger outfield of the Phillies, uh, some things. Um, Dominic Brown is just a guy that has been known in these parts as just being lazy. Never did a lot of off-season work. It's a shame. The guy had a lot of talent. But uh, if you can't make it in a lineup like Toronto, where there's guys hitting all over the place, if you can't find a safe zone in that lineup, I don't know if there's really any chance for you. I think uh, I think Dom Brown is going to find uh, a uh, short-lived career. I think it's going to be over for him. But, uh, yeah, wish him luck. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for baseball season. Yeah, baseball is coming, man, and let's say let's hope my Mets do absolutely well this season. Head back to the World Series. I know you don't really particularly care for them, Jeff, because you're a big Phillies fan, but I don't care. I'm a Mets fan. They're going back to the World Series. That's how I feel. Best pitching staff in baseball right now. But let's swing it over and take that ball and enlarge it and talk a little bit of basketball because joining us right now is my good friend and a very good friend of ours here, Chucky Brown. What's going on, Chucky? Hey, what's up, man? Sorry I'm late, uh, but I, I, I'm calling in. I, I apologize for being late, man, but thanks for having me. That's right, man. We're going to dock your pay for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's get right into it. We have a lot of things to really discuss real quick with you. So much stuff going on in the NBA. First thing, I got to bring this whole thing up. Trouble in L.A., Lakers town. Right. The whole Nick Young, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Iggy Azalea thing. We know D'Angelo right. Russell taped a conversation with uh, Nick Young. Somehow it got right. leaked out. It's a big mess. Um, you know, who's at fault here, really, man? Because you got one guy cheating on his fiance. You got another guy right. breaking the locker room protocol. You know, right. if this happened, man, when you were in the NBA, old school, you know, 80s, 90s NBA, would they taking this guy outside and just beat his ass, or would it be everybody whining and crying all over the media about it? Oh, no, no, no. Well, see, that's the difference in today's world with the social media thing. 
You know, it got out. Now it's all over Twitter, Facebook, all this. And back in the day, it would have just been a fight. And, you know, it might have been a fight every day because, you know, not to condone the guy cheating, but come on, man, let's not act like people don't cheat. You know, yeah. he, he, he cheated. You know, he, I think D'Angelo Russell was more at fault because, I mean, you know, girl, girls, women have a code too. So, I mean, guys have a code. So, I mean, if he was out there doing his thing and she didn't catch him, it wasn't no business of his to put it out there, really, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's how I feel too. I mean, listen, we we all have, you know, you you play professionally, we've all played amateurly. You know, the locker room is the locker room. Um, you know, right. to me, they're both problems. You know, Nick Young, scumbag for cheating on his fiance. D'Angelo Russell, where were you going with this? You know, it's you know, right. trying to get a piece of Iggy Azalea. I don't know. You know, so who knows? Right. So I just wanted to get your whole thing. You know, I'm I'm, I'm glad to say, you know, it would, it would have been a fight. Probably would have been multiple fights. You know, and maybe right. that's how it should be now because it seems these guys just everybody wants to blast each other out in the media now instead of just handling it like men. You know, but right. I guess when they're looking at you yeah. know handling it like little boys, then <laughs> right. I don't see I don't see the point in putting the tape out because now you know you, you just you just started some mess that shouldn't be started. I mean, if he's doing dirt, eventually it's gonna come out. You know, eventually it, it'll come out what he's doing. You know, so, you know, she knows a lot of people, so somebody would see him doing something, and it'll get back to us. So it, was, it wasn't his business to put it out, just, you know, yeah. bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, let's uh, shift it over and stay out west, man, in Cali. Sacramento, man, listen, it's 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 been a mess in Sacramento. The whole DeMarcus Cousins, George Carl thing, uh, you know, right. you just click, 30-45 record. They're at the 400 mark. And now there's talk about giving Vladi Divac an extension. I love Vladi. Oh, right. did. You know, he, he's the one that basically put this team together, brought in George Carl, and says, we're going to stick with George Carl. Is he deserving right. of an extension, or you think it's just too early, so why not give him the extension? Uh, I mean, I don't think Vladi should be fired. I mean, he's a, he's a new – uh, executive uh, to the to the new he's a new executive so um, you know you'll get you'll get multiple chances plenty of executives have made bad bad decisions you know but yeah. uh, the right thing he did was to stick by the coach because I think you know you have to stick by the coach uh, because you made that hire you know and you have to find a way uh, for them to work together you can't let a player dictate what's going to go on. That's, that's, that's just my opinion. As talented as, as DeMarcus Cousins is, and trust me, he's one of the more talented guys in the NBA, you still can't let him, uh, you know, run your team. You know, you, you have to run your team, and there has to be uh, a mutual respect there. You have to find a way to, to get his respect, and, you know, you have to make if – if I mean, if he's unhappy there – and you you have to you have to you have to try to move him and get something for him. You know, I mean, as talented as he is, I mean, you you might have to pull off one of them Herschel Walker deals. You know, where you get a bunch of players for you know for a guy yeah. or for multiple teams. You know, because he is that talented. Yeah, it's it's just it's a mess there. They have such good talent, man. When they brought in Rondo, I said, wow, this is you know they're they're going to make a big run at the playoffs, and they're pretty much right. done, man. They're they're on the outside in eleventh, looking in. Pretty much no hope for them to make the playoffs now, so that's pretty much dead in the water. Um, now, you know, right. let's go back to when you guys were playing. You know, let's talk about the whole coach-player thing. Years ago, we had right. some of the greatest players. MJ, you played with Hakeem Olajuwon. 
Now, right. when the coaches spoke, and we always saw it on TV, we weren't in the huddle with, with, with you guys. You know, these guys let the coaches talk, and the coaches called the plays, and that was it. How did it shift right. so much over the years to where you got, you got guys like LeBron, you got guys like, right. you know, Kobe. How come they're running the team and the coaches don't get the respect anymore? Well, I, th- I think it comes with those those large salaries, and I think it comes with, uh, you know, the fans who come to see those guys. The fans come to see those players. They don't come see the coach. So, you know, I think it's the bottom line is the economics. So, um, you know, the guy that that puts the fannies in the seats is the guy that's gonna uh, gonna be listened to and be heard from the most. You know, and, and you know he's gonna make the most noise because he can. You know, and that's that's just that's just what it is. All right, man. I have to talk about this with you. I want to get your take on this. Yao Ming is being enshrined in the NBA Hall of Fame. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, he he didn't play many careers in the NBA. He only played from about right. twenty to about twenty eight. A lot of those seasons just plagued by injuries. He only played in two full seasons, which was his first two NBA seasons. After that, right. fifty-seven games, forty-eight games, fifty-five games. <laughs> is 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 Yao Ming? deserving of being put in the NBA Hall of Fame, or are they looking at his whole career from the Chinese Basketball League into the NBA and the whole dynamic that he brought when he was drafted? Uh, I think they're looking at the whole thing. I don't think they're just looking at his NBA career, uh, but they've got to be looking at the whole Chinese thing because there'll be a lot more guys in the in the Hall of Fame, you know, with, uh, with, with you know, that have – uh, similar games playing or whatever uh, to Yao Ming, if you're counting just his American uh, his American stats. So, yeah. I mean, I think they're definitely thinking about you know what he did for the game overall, as far as you know how you know China got over a billion people, and probably when Yao Ming was playing, it was a billion TV sets watching Yao Ming, you know, <laughs> uh, over there. So. Uh, you know, and, 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 and you know there there are a lot of Chinese Americans here. There, you know, New York has a Chinatown. San Francisco has a Chinatown. Chicago, China, you know, every major city has a Chinatown. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's done a lot for the game as far as uh, bridging uh, the gap between China and America. And you know, you play games over in China pretty much probably because of Yao Ming, and you know, because of Yao Ming, the Chinese Basketball Association probably. Uh, blew up, you know. You got guys like Stephon Marbury playing over there. Will Bynum played over there, you know. So I mean, he's done a lot for the game. So I'm gonna say that because of what he's done for the game, he's deserving mm-hmm. it all. Absolutely, man. All right, very cool. Let's talk about my hometown Knicks. Your former hometown, man. Um, there's just a <laughs> lot going on with with Melo, Phil Jackson. Um, you know, right. they have some talent. They just they just can't get over the hump. Derek Fisher gets ousted. Kurt Rambis takes over, and supposedly he's making a mess now. Do you think right. it's it's going to be an organization's best, um, you know, future plans if Carmelo Anthony waived his no-trade clause and they basically started from scratch next season? Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably in the best interest. But, you know, uh, what's, what's best, we'll say the best interest of the team and – what's in the best interest of, of Melo, you know, you got to find somewhere where he wants to go, you know, because I know he loves New York and a lot of New Yorkers love him. You know, he played at Syracuse. So, you know, uh, I think someone said he was from Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. He was born in Brooklyn or something like that. But, you know, he's a New York kid. So, 
Um, you know, if, if he wants to play somewhere else, you got to find out where that is and ask him to waive his no-trade clause and see if that team would be interested in bringing him in. Other than that, I mean, if I'm Melo, I'm not waving unless you send me where I want to go. <laughs> Pretty much, you know? Yeah. Now, do you think the Knicks could get a decent hole for him, or do you think that's going to be something that the Knicks just have to say, you know, we'll take what we can get? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be something where uh, they take what they can get. Uh, how old is Melo? About 30? got to be about 30 now, right? About yeah, 30, so. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's had a lot of mileage, you know, on those legs, you know, from Denver uh, to New York. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes and played in a lot of games. So, uh, I think it's going to have to be a situation where they got to take what they can get. You know, I don't think, I don't think no team is going to give up, you know, some future draft picks for him. Uh, even though he is still a good player, I just don't think it's going to happen, you know, because they're going to, you know, when you do a trade, you know, you want to feel like you got the better end of a deal. I don't know if a team would feel like if they gave up like three years of first-round draft picks that they got the better end of the deal. And Melo, you know, he's, he's been you know injured a little bit here lately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we've heard that supposedly Phil Jackson's thinking about coaching home games next season. Do you think that's a, a, a bright move for what Phil Jackson is trying to do here? Do you think that he, he, you know, is it good for him to coach a year and coach these younger players and coach a Chris Stapps Porzingis until they finally get the knack and finally get a real head coach in? Or do you think that's just, you know, Phil Jackson grabbing at the lifeline right now? Well, I, I just think that if you're going to coach, you got to be all in. You can't be halfway in. you got to be all in. So, uh, I think that would be a bad decision. I mean, I'm not an Einstein, and I don't know everything, but, you know, my personal opinion is if you're not all in, I mean, why come to half the game? <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Why come to half the game and then on the road, you know, and then you're confusing the players. Who's, who's going to be the voice that the players really listen to? You know, I'm going to listen to this dude half the time and this dude half the time? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah. it needs to be a coach there with the with – the, uh, that, that the players can learn their temperament and learn what they're going to deal with. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a whole lot that goes into it. I think that would be a bad move. To, I, I think that's just talk. That's got to be just talk. I can't see where, you know, he would just coach half the game. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Does Coach Brown make his return to New York or what? Uh, Larry Brown? No, you. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen. hey, I would love to. I would love, I would love to take a shot at it. Um, but you know, I know that'll never happen. But hey, I'd love to take a shot at it. Why not? You know, Listen, everybody I, else gets a shot at it. Why not me? Why not me? <laughs> I guarantee you do a better job than Derek Fisher. <laughs> hey, I like I like Fish, man. I like Fish. You know, he uh, he he just you know, he got thrown. That's like that's like the wrong city to come to when you know you're just getting a a, a fresh rookie coach. You know, that's not. You know, New York, L.A., those are not the cities for rookie a rookie coach. You got to have some type of experience because those cities will eat you alive if you you know if you're not used to it. Man, you know what? Those are bad cities for veteran NBA coaches. Ask Larry Brown, right. ask Thomas, ask a lot of these guys. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh man. So you know, let's go back to the whole. You know, basically coaches not getting the respect that they deserve like they did years ago and it just being, you know, the Star Players League. Um, we're hearing a lot out of Chicago. The mayor, Fred Hoiberg, uh, you know, one of his first uh, seasons in Chicago, and they're just, you know, pretty much falling apart. 
do you see right. Chicago sticking with Fred Hoiberg, or do you think because of the roster they have in the Pau Gasols, you know, the Derrick Roses, do you think this is something that's pretty much dead in the water now? Uh, I think they're going to stick with Hoiberg, and they're going to change. Try to, they're going to try to change their roster a little bit. But I think they're going to stick with Hoiberg if Hoiberg wants to stay. You know, if Hoiberg – now, Hoiberg did have some success in college, so, you know, Hoiberg may say, you know what, the NBA ain't for me. You know, let me go – I'm going back to college. I wanted to try the NBA. I tried it. I didn't like it. You know, you've had coaches that – uh, have done that, you know, Rick Pitino did it. You know, Rick Pitino tried the NBA, didn't like it, never came back. You know, so, um, you know, Fred Hoiberg has some success in college. He, he knows the college game. He knows the recruiting stuff. He doesn't have to relearn that. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, different, it's a different player now than what it used to be when Fred played in the NBA. Oh, so, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe that's a shock for him. You know, I don't know. You know I know Fred. Fred's a good guy. But, you know, I mean, he I don't know what he's thinking, but he may decide, hey, you know what, Chicago, you can have this job. I'm going back to college, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. I, you know, I ain't messing with these dudes no more. I'm good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you think we go back, um, you know, to where it used to be and where I think it should be, where these guys become assistants for a little while and basically get groomed and get that respect back? Or you think, you know, because, man, listen – we saw Jason Kidd retires, boom, NBA coach. Derek Fisher retires, yeah. boom, NBA coach. We've already had a discussion about that where it's 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 kind of unfair, you know, it really is because there's right. so many great guys on the bench like Patrick Ewing, right. you know, who's been an assistant right. for right. damn near his whole entire retired career now. So, you know, do we right. go back to that? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we should have never left that. It should always be a grooming uh, uh, process. You know, you don't just take a guy at a company and throw him in the CEO. You know, he's he's worked under a CEO, and then he comes in, you know, under him, just like, you know, you look at the situation, just like I, I, I like to look at how Jerry West was with L.A. for so long, and Jerry West was the GM when I played there, and Mitch Kupchak was his assistant for a long time before he became a GM. But, yeah, yeah I think it should be a, a grooming a uh, process where you have guys become assistants first. You know, I mean, the Jason Kidd thing just happened to work. You know, Jason Kidd, you know, he he he, you know, he he went to good markets and it worked out for him. You know, he did a good job at Brooklyn. Didn't uh, didn't get along with management, from what I understand. Moved on to Milwaukee and has done a pretty good job there, from what I understand. And uh, but it, it, you know, that's a, that's a, there always are exceptions. You know, yeah. to the rule, but you know, there definitely, definitely should be a grooming process. Yeah. All right. Golden State Warriors, Bulls record. It's you know they got seven games left. Do you see the Warriors right. matching the record, or do you see them surpassing it? I think they're gonna uh, surpass it. Uh, I really don't see anything standing in the way of them, especially now nowadays where they talk about resting the stars now and all that crap. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, San Antonio probably going to rest guys and, you know, they're going to play against the, you know, the second team with San Antonio. And I don't think the second, the first team can barely stay with them guys. So, uh, you know, so, so the second team definitely ain't going to be able to stay with them. So I think they're going to break the record. And, uh, you know, they, they've had a great season, man. You know, they, they need to enjoy it. So, you know, it's not going to happen many more times that, that you have a season like that. Yeah. 
So now let's let's go back real quick to the Bulls' 73 wins compared to, let's say, the uh-huh. Warriors' 73, 74, 75 wins. It, is, is the Bulls still always going to be more special as they, you know, like you said, they weren't resting players back then. All the best right. players were out on the court, and they were still doing right. it. You know, they were playing right. hard up until the very end, and here you go. They right. got two big games against the Spurs, April 7th and April 10th, and you know Duncan, you know Kawhi, you know those guys are most likely all going to be out. Is right. it still damn special or what? I mean, yeah, you know, for them, yeah, it's going to be special because when you go back and uh, they do the record books, they ain't going to say, you know, go to state, meet the Spurs, but Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard rested this game. They're not going to go back and, you know, it's just going to be they beat the Spurs, you know. So, um, you know, yeah, it's going to be special for them. You know, I I would never take anything from them. I think what they've done has been great, you know. But I I would put the Bulls still the greatest team ever no matter what just because of the era and the guys that were playing then and, uh, you know, myself playing against them, you know, just knowing how they played. I mean, for me, the Bulls, that Bulls team was, you know, just – just, just the best team. Now, now, a younger player that played against Golden State might think different, you know. But we played in different areas, so you know. But that's just me. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so NBA playoffs are coming. You know the teams better than most people. NBA Finals prediction, man. Who's going to be in the NBA Finals this year? Um, I, I, I think because the public. Or, I think the public wants to see a Golden uh, State-Cleveland rematch. Uh, So, but I, I, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be Golden State. Um, Even if that that probably gives Cleveland some problems would be probably Toronto, but they may not get to them. Somebody may beat them uh, before they get a chance to get to them. So, um, I'm going to say Cleveland-Golden State again. I think that's what people want to see, and that's how it probably will play out. Really? Because I don't know. I, I think Raptors Warriors is what I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd like to see that, but you know, um, you know the the, the Raptors. Uh, I mean, they, they they've got some really good players, had a really good year, but I don't think they really have like a, a star appeal that you know people want to see LeBron James either win or lose. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you, you're <laughs> tuning in to see him win, and people are tuning in to see him lose. You know, so if LeBron James ain't playing, a lot of people ain't going to watch. So, you know, it's all about the ratings. So, you know, LeBron may get a few calls here or there. You know, you never know. But uh, that's what I think the public wants to see. I think the NBA would like to see that, you know, for the yeah. rating uh, purposes. And I think that's what that's what it'll probably be. Yeah. All right, LeBron, is he leaving or what? Uh, he's definitely acting like he's gonna leave, doing little <laughs> things. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's uh, you know what we used to call an attention whore or uh, or what. Wow. But, uh, uh, I don't know, but he's acting like he wants to leave the little things that he's doing. Um, but you know, maybe he wants to go play in New York. I thought he should have went to New York after Miami from the giddy up. That's what I thought. I he, oh, before Miami, I thought he should have came to New York. You know he. You know, the, the the if he's such a businessman, I mean, the amount of of business opportunities that are in that city is just you know just crazy. So uh, maybe he wants to go to New York. You know, he's a guy that that that, that goes by his own the beat of his own drum. So 
and he does what he wants to do. So maybe he will leave. I, I'm really not even sure. I don't know, man. I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, right? It's crazy. All right, so what we do in the show now, we do top five lists. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. We're going to write this down. Okay. It's going to go up on our website when we finally build it. We did tonight okay. our top five all-time favorite NBA players ever. Now, it doesn't have to be, okay. the, you know, the typical five as always. It's who you love, right. who you grew up on. Give me your top five from five to number one. From five to number one, I'm going to go with um, Michael Ray Richardson. Nice. Uh, Bernard King. Um. Let me see. Uh, it doesn't have to be any particular position, right? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. George Gervin. Nice. Uh, ah, that's, that's, that's three of them. Uh, I'm a also, I used to love uh, Ray Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a throw a guy out here that I know ain't nobody going to throw out here that I used to love to see him play. Uh, this is my fifth guy, right? Yeah. Okay, Charlie Chris. Charlie Chris. Yeah, Charlie Chris. That little dude was tough, man. I used to love Charlie Chris, man. He had the little ball head, the little horseshoe, and he used to give people work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. See, man, I, I like that. I mean, you throw you throw out a name, not anybody's gonna remember. And I remember Charlie Chris too. I, I yeah, I, I do. Yeah. yeah, he was. Was that? He was with the Atlanta. He was with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, he was yeah. with the Atlanta Hawks, and I used to watch uh, the Atlanta Hawks come on TV. He used to play with Mike Glenn, because uh, they used to call Mike Glenn the Stinger. So yeah. he played with Mike Glenn, Dan Roundfield, Tom McMillan, you know, and Charlie Chris used to come off the bench. You know, they had uh, they had John Drew. Uh, I think Hubie Brown was the coach back then. But, yeah, Charlie Chris was my guy, man. He used to come off the bench and just ignite a fire. So I yeah. used to love him. That's great. That's awesome. Um, it, it, listen, Jeff's top five, his number one, your former teammate, the dream, Hakeem Olajuwon, my number one, Okay. John Starks, man. Okay. Going with Starks. Going with Starks, man. That's my okay. boy, so. You know okay. about him, man. That guy in the playoffs, man, and in the finals. I'm, I'm still bitter about that. So, <laughs> lucky guy. All right, Junkie. Listen, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Once the playoffs get in swing and we get towards that finals, we got to get you back on, man, so we can talk a little bit about what's going on in the playoffs. Always appreciate you okay. taking the time out of your schedule to join us, and uh, hope you have a good night, bro. Okay, man. Thanks for having me, man. Y'all have a good night. You too, man. Take Thanks, it easy. Uh, all right. Bye, bye. And that's former NBA veteran, NBA champion, beat my Knicks. Still better, Chucky. Chucky Brown. Always fun to have him on. A little bit of static. Sorry about that. BTR with their connections lately have been absolutely dismal. Lots of radio. You'll be getting an email from Jeff and me real soon. Um, look at that, man. Charlie Chris. And when you say Ray Williams, the Iceman, George Gervin, Bernard King, oh, yeah. Michael Richardson. Michael Richardson, man. That's a nice top five. Uh, especially the Iceman, number three, and Michael Ray. Here's a guy I remember uh, as, a, as a baby, really, growing up watching. Yep, man. Former Nick, dude. Yeah. Former Nick. Sugar Ray Richardson, man. Gotta, gotta love it. See, I, I always like, you know, and, and it's fun that we we get the players, the musicians, the actors, the actresses involved in our list because 
they see it from such a different perspective than we do, man. They grew up on watching different people either play or, or sing or act or direct, whatever. And and it's so cool to get that. I mean, listen, you, your top five, my top five, you know, pretty, you know, typical compared to my number one. Um, it, you know, but his, man, I mean, Michael Ray Richardson, Bernard King, the Iceman, Ray Williams, Charlie Chris, that's that's different, dude. That's real different. He's pulling out that classic Hawks lineup of uh, Tom McMillan with the gray hair and uh, yep. <laughs> Tree Rollins. And man, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Big Tree Rollins, man. Remember him with the with the magic towards the end of his career. So yeah, that's awesome stuff. Absolutely. All right, man. So uh, that's it for our show. I want to thank Chucky Brown for coming and talking some NBA with us. Please join us this upcoming Monday with award-winning singer, songwriter, Ed Roman. All you Ed heads, you know Ed. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Can't wait to have him on here to talk about his music career. And then we'll announce a new guest Monday night for our next Thursday show. We're having good times here, lining up some of the best guests. We can't wait to keep coming on here in the stoop and talking it up. Jeff, are you going to get off right now and drink some vagina beer? Um, yeah, well, it's definitely better than uh, penis beer. So, yeah, I might try a vagina beer instead because uh, yes. it's definitely the better two evils. <laughs> to if go nobody knows what we're talking about, Google vagina beer. Yes, they're talking about brewing a beer from a model's vagina bacteria. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, that's a little ongoing joke now between Jeff and I, and you'll hear about it a lot here on The Stoop pretty much for the next couple of shows, and then we'll probably totally forget about it and never talk about it again. So, You're home for vagina beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You're on the show. Let's, let's get vagina beer uh, booming right here on the stoop. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, not at all, man. <laughs> not at all. All right, so once again, thank you, Chucky Brown. We'll see everybody Monday night as we're joined by Ed Roman. So for Jeff the Shark Perini, I'm John. Doesn't like vagina beer, Ragus, and we'll see you all Monday night, 7.30 <laughs> p.m. Eastern Time. Hi, folks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.